is there life after death? That is the age-old question that so many of us will ponder at least a few times in our life. Most religions will teach you that there is an afterlife, that some even have a couple options. You can go to heaven if you're a good person and you make the right choices and you will live in paradise and perfection and beauty and just so much happiness and joy. But if you're bad, you will live eternity being tortured in fire and brimstone and nothing but pain and suffering. Yeah, it sounds pretty rough. And then there are some people, like the atheists, that believe that nothing happens after you die. It's just vast nothingness. Your body ceases to exist. You cease to exist. Your soul just fizzles out. I believe that energy can never be destroyed and that we as humans have a soul that is made of energy. And since it can't be destroyed, where does it go? That is the question. There is a bar in Milwaukee called Shaker Cigar Bar. And the building itself has been around since the 1800s. 1894 to be exact. And all those years, there has been so much history. There has been death and beauty and happiness and sadness and every possible emotion that you could fathom. And it's all packed into this one building, a basement, and three stories above that. I had the opportunity recently to take a tour. And it was the most fascinating experience of my life. I actually took two tours. I took the Cream City Cannibal Tour, which is basically the history of the time that Jeffrey Dahmer lived in Milwaukee, because Shakers is pretty much right in the middle of his hunting ground. And they did a beautiful job explaining the history, honoring the victims. It was an amazing tour. And then I also took the regular ghost tour where you got to explore every single level and hear some history, some ghost stories, all those amazing things. My friends, it looks like we are going to start out season two of Paranormal and Proud with a bang. Shall we get into it? Well, my friends, season two has begun. And episode one is going to start with a bang. This is Paranormal and Proud, and I am your host, Serena. Thank you so much for joining me. And like I said, season two, and I am bringing you another haunting that is local to me. Yeah, I love our local haunts. And when you think haunted history, your mind goes to New Orleans or Savannah, Georgia, Gettysburg, Salem, Massachusetts, even L.A. at the Cecil Hotel. But not everybody's minds go to Wisconsin, which is crazy to me because it is so packed full of history and ghost stories and absolute amazing tales. Today, I am going to bring you to the Walker's Point area of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, there is an absolute beautiful establishment called Shaker's Cigar Bar. And
in this building is three stories tall and it is chocked full of history and hauntings and amazing stories that the staff and the owner honor and it is amazing how they pretty much put up residence for these spirits and respect them and make them part of their day-to-day. I even had a few personal experiences of myself because I recently had the honor of taking a couple tours. The first one I took was the tour called the Cream City Cannibal Tour, which is about Jeffrey Dahmer. Shaker's a smack dab in the middle of his hunting ground. In that area, in the 80s and early 90s, gay bars were popping up a lot. And that's where Jeffrey Dahmer found a lot of his victims. And so many people, when they think about that time in Milwaukee, he put a very dark spot in history in Milwaukee. So many people think about that and they forget about the victims. They forget about honoring their lives. And Shaker's tour for that does an excellent job. You learn about the history. You learn about these men who lost their lives to this deprived man and give you time to reflect on that and remember that they were people. And you may not agree with the things that they did, but they were still human and their lives deserve to be honored. And this tour does an excellent job of that. Not only am I a paranormal nerd, I am also a true crime nerd. So that was absolutely something I enjoyed. And my tour guide, Elizabeth, did a stellar job at telling the stories and the history. And she couldn't be more perfect for it. And then after the Cream City Cannibal Tour, I did the regular Shaker's Ghost Tour. And... I got to explore all the levels of this beautiful establishment from the basement to the main floor and then the two upper floors. And this beautiful building is jam-packed full of history and ghost stories and even some ghosts that take up residence there. And the staff and the owner absolutely embrace it and make the ghosts and the spirits feel respected and heard. This building goes all the way back to 1894. Prior to it being built, there was a cemetery for indigenous people, and next to the cemetery as well was an apple orchard. Then in 1894, the city of Milwaukee commissioned it to start building basically a warehouse district. And this building specifically was the coopery for the Schlitz Brewing Company. That is a brewery that pretty much made Milwaukee. That lasted a few decades, and a couple owners later, the Capone brothers actually bought it. Yeah, that Capone family of the mafia. That happened in 1922. When the Capone family owned it, it was a speakeasy in the back 
and a soda bottling company in the front called the ABC Soda Bottling Company, which I don't know how obvious that is. That's a fake name. And then the two upper levels were used as a brothel. As you would believe, this establishment being run by the Capone family, there were shady things that happened there and illegal things. You know, bathtub gin that was pretty toxic, but people would do just about anything to get a drink in. It even had its own secret entrance in the back. You had to have a special knock and a special code word. And even if you had those two things, the bouncer would have the final word whether you got in. And if he decided he didn't want to let you in, he roughed you up a bit and threw you in the alley. And they were all, there were all kinds of undesirable people that hung out in that area and would probably prey on you if you got tossed in the alley. When you would finally get in, you could hang out at the speakeasy and drink. And if you were a man interested in something more spicy, you could, vi you could visit the brothel. And even to get up there, you had to show that you were worthy of doing so. There was a bouncer that would check you out prior to going upstairs, making sure you had enough money and you didn't look like you were going to go up there and cause trouble. They ran a very tight sh ship there. As you would imagine, there were probably lots of deaths that occurred there, you know, mob hits and what have you, and lots of pain and suffering because being a woman that works at a brothel isn't always the most glamorous job in the world. They even had a doctor's office on the second floor of the brothel, and that was pretty much for if there was any unwanted pregnancies or diseases that could be spread, you know, these young ladies had to service these men no matter what they might have been carrying. Many women died from botched abortions. And back in that day, the cure for syphilis, very common disease, was mercury. Yes, liquid mercury. That is incredibly toxic, as we know now. Al Capone, until the very end, when he was losing his mind at Alcatraz, swore that mercury was the miracle cure, as he was, you know, reverting to his childlike years and just going bonkers until the day he passed away from the syphilis along with the mercury poisoning. Although there was a lot of pain and suffering, the brothel was actually not a bad place for these ladies to work while they were still viable to work there. Sometimes they made twice as much as a man of that time made. It was a pretty good job as long as you were able to stay safe, but unfortunately, that was not always the case. Hauntings on the second level include voices, feel like you're being touched, pictures of apparitions that show up that you cannot see with your own eyes, but they show up in photographs. It is said that the room that was dedicated to the doctor's office 
back in that day had the darkest, most painful energy of the entire building. People would go in there and just burst into tears and get depressed and have heaviness on their chest. But recently, the owner turned it into a passageway to get to the rooftop bar that he recently added. And I think because of all of that back and forth, some of the energy lightened up a little bit because it wasn't just sitting there stale as something to look at. There were an unbelievable number of suicides that were pretty savage because of mercury poisoning and, you know, of course, being a brothel worker. Mental health wasn't always very viable back then and nobody really cared about mental health. You were told to suck it up and deal with it. So the women unaliving themselves was a regular occurrence at times due to depression and pain and sickness. The second floor was considered the B floor. The third floor was the A floor. What the B floor was, was all deficiency. You had basically men in and out of there being serviced and sent on their way. They even got it started in the lounge where they actually used underage girls to do something called fluffing, which is getting the men happy and sending them to the other working girls to finish their services. And there were two rooms and each room had four cots with a sheer sheet around it, essentially, like a sheer curtain. And then the men would be on their way. Any man, as long as he could pay and didn't look like he was going to be a troublemaker or too drunk, could be serviced on the second floor. However, the third floor was very exclusive. You had to be the top of the top high roller to get to that floor because there was only typically one woman who worked that floor. She was considered the A girl. She had to give the entire experience, not just sexual services, but she had to basically give an entire girlfriend experience. Yes, she had to be knowledgeable and witty and sexy and be all the things that a high-class man would desire. Often, a girl would only last a few months on the third floor because there was always somebody prettier and younger to take her place and have better qualities. However, there was a woman who worked there by the name of Molly Brennan. She actually was an A-girl for a couple years straight. Molly was all the things that was required to be the A-girl. She was perfection in the eyes of the rich men that would have her service them. They would have dinner and wine and champagne, and she would basically give them the whole experience. Sometimes the men, if they could pay for it, would spend the entire weekend with her. She had her own private bathroom and bedroom, and also, I believe, a kitchen, and she had it made up there. And she didn't have to service tens of men every day. She would pretty much have to service one 
maybe for a whole weekend. As glamorous of a life Molly lived, there was a very tragic ending to her life. There was a man named Patrick. He was a childhood sweetheart who he and Molly used to date when they were young, but he wanted her to run away with him and get married and move to the country and have that nuclear family life that everybody craved. Molly didn't want that. She had led a very strict upbringing where her parents had a specific life planned out for her. She was not interested in conforming to that, so she would deny Patrick over and over and over. And then Patrick got kind of sick of that. There was a rumor that Patrick had found Molly in bed with his own father, which was a paying customer, essentially. That's unconfirmed at this point, but whatever is confirmed is that Patrick came up stumbling drunk and very angry one night with Molly, and he lost his mind and killed her. He strangled her to death and then she, he took her to the bathroom and cut her up into little pieces and burned her remains in the fireplace that still exists there now. It is said that Patrick did escape, but later on the Capone family found him, this is a rumor, found him and took care of him for killing their one of their best A-girls they ever had. And there was a bouncer named Sam who was the one that let Patrick through. His life came to a tragic end as well. It is said that Patrick may have killed Sam. Either way, three lives were tragically ended. And it is said that all three spirits reside on the third floor together. It was rumored, too, that Sam and Molly were in love. And their spirits are still in love in the afterlife and Patrick's there not sure what he's up to but Sam and Molly from some people's experiences seem actually pretty happy at times the very interesting thing is that you can rent the third floor penthouse because they have turned it into an Airbnb it is not only essentially a museum it is a B&B that you can stay at for a night and you can check out the hauntings and investigate it yourself. And people have had some crazy experiences. Some people have not lasted the entire night. I believe it is said that 75% of people do not last the entire night, which is quite a percentage. Those are the resident ghosts on the third floor. And lots of people have captured photos of them, have seen full-bodied apparitions, have felt touched. Some people who sleep in the bed feel somebody, as somebody is sitting next to them and will actually see a depression in the bedding as, where, as to where it looks like somebody is physically sitting next to them. A lot of people get terrified. Some people embrace it and just talk to the spirits and say hi either way I guess you can't 
know how you're going to react until you're in that situation yourself. I'd like to say I'd embrace their presence, but I've never experienced that. I could be one of those who goes running out in the middle of the night. We're going to venture down to the first floor. Yes, I'm going a little bit out of order. So, in the woman's bathroom, there is a resident little girl spirit, which absolutely breaks my heart because it is said that Elizabeth is an eight-year-old young lady and I have a seven-year-old daughter, so it kind of hit me in the feels when I heard the story. It is said that prior to the building's existence, when there was a cemetery on that land, there's also an apple orchard next to the cemetery. Little Elizabeth was with her family, and while they went to pay their respects to their loved ones who were deceased in the cemetery, Elizabeth went to go play in the apple orchard. There wasn't a lot to do in the 1800s, so kids climbed trees and jumped around, and that was pretty exciting for them back then. It is said that Elizabeth fell and broke her neck as she fell out of the tree. And yes, that is devastating. They believe that the tree was located exactly where the woman's bathroom stands today. Young Elizabeth will, she's a bit of a prankster. She will flicker the lights. She'll turn on the sink. She will lean against the bathroom stall door to where there's a pressure on it. For a woman who's trying to get out of it, she can't push the door open too well. Some people will hear footsteps and voices and feel like they're being touched, their hair played with, you name it, it's probably happened. But Elizabeth isn't malicious. She is a sweet little eight-year-old girl who just likes to play around and prank people. And especially if you're a woman and you're alone in the bathroom, she's probably going to make her presence known to you. I actually decided for myself that I was going to go in there alone and I was going to sit in there for a few minutes and try to communicate with Elizabeth. I didn't record anything. I took some pictures. I don't think I saw anything. Like I said, I got to look at him closely to check, but I do believe that I did feel contact with Elizabeth. I was talking to her just like you would talk to any child. You know, I told her I have a seven-year-old girl at home and, you know, she likes to run and jump and play just like Elizabeth would. And I had my hands on my lap. And one of them was on my knee and I had my fingers stretched out and slowly a cold spot went over my hand, an ice-cold little chill spot, which is said, if you believe it, that could be the presence of a ghost. And it was a very calming moment. Like, it wasn't malicious or mean. It was a very sweet moment and a little emotional. Like I said, I've got a young daughter myself, so... You kind of, as a mom, a parent in general, flashes through your head for a minute. You know, what if I tragically lost my child? I would be heartbroken. And your heart breaks a little bit for this child. But Shakers embraces her presence and keeps a nice environment. There's lots that happens on the first floor 
in general, not just the bathroom. People see entities in the mirrors. They feel touched. I've heard of people hearing whispers in their ears. Overall, it's a very active area. And then down in the basement was, I saved it for last because it was probably the most intense experience I've ever had with the paranormal. As I've explained before, I do consider myself a sensitive to spirits and energies, very sensitive to energy. Soon as you walk downstairs, the air just feels different. So hard to explain, but it's just a different kind of feeling. And your senses seem to sharpen. And you just, you know, it could be all the hype, could be a complete mental thing, but you know that you need to start looking for something and it feels like you are not alone down there with your living group, that there's much more down there than what you can physically see. It is said that there are shadow people down there and also... Our tour guide has explained that there's even a shadow cat, which I believe I felt brush up against my leg later on in the basement tour because I have a cat at home and I know what it feels like when they rub up against your leg. And I did feel a similar sensation at that height on my lower leg. It was a little jarring, but very fascinating. The first section of the basement it is said that there is a ghostly present, presence that they refer to as the Mariner or the Longshoreman. And it's said that he's a grumpy kind of territorial spirit. You know, Elizabeth said that he, she, she doesn't feel like he is a bad negative spirit, but just a little territorial, you know, you're in his space. And he's not always happy about it. So he gets a little cranky sometimes. Just like in life. Somebody was touring through your apartment or your home all the time. You'd probably be a little cranky about that. She said that there would be shadow people darting around. and Which gives me the heebie-jeebies. Shadow people over most spirits creep me out the most. As we moved on, there is an area with... A cistern, which is a water collection spot. It used to be very deep and believe that it predates the building. It has recently been cemented over over the past years. I actually don't know how recent, but there is always a layer of water there, and it is based on the water, how clear it is, and how the energy in the building is it was explained that if it's clear the spiritual energy is lower if it's cloudy then it's more likely to have a lot of spiritual energy kicked up when we were there it was pretty cloudy it was not crystal clear by any means as we moved down through the basement there was an area with a wooden door and a safe and it is said that the wooden door would open constantly. 
It was thought to be a portal, still is thought to be a portal, but since the door kept opening and people were getting really creeped out because not only would it open unexplainably, but they would also hear the door shaking, the doorknob shaking, knocking, all kinds of creepy noises coming from it. So they padlocked it. Yes, they padlocked it. And if you look closely at the door, there are all kinds of cracks in it. And it was explained that those cracks didn't show up until after it was padlocked. So something, someone was trying to get through that door. Well, my friends, I have to stop here because I have to continue to a part two. Yeah, two-part episode for the first episode of this season. Pretty cool, huh? Well, thank you for listening to Paranormal and Proud. Join me again for part two. I can't wait to continue.